And when you don't understand how business works, there's always the unexpected. Unfortunately, sometimes that comes with a huge price tag. Real business feels much more like one pivot to the next to the next. If you're a business that's three years old, five years old, 50 years old, no plan stays the same and continues yeah. to grow forever. Welcome back to The Journey Podcast. I'm Emma Jackson. And I'm Jose. And we are here interviewing Leanne Ledoux, and we'd love to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Leanne is a nurse practitioner and founder of Inspire Physical Medicine and Wellness, a physical medicine clinic in Houston that uses an innovative approach to help treat and prevent illness and injury through physical therapy, regenerative treatments, and wellness programs all tailored to the individual's needs, ensuring the best possible outcomes. So welcome to the show, Leanne, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Thank you. That sounds so amazing when that you say a, it. That was a really good intro. <laughs> I know. Where'd you get that from? I need you to write that up. No. LinkedIn. So um, I am a nurse practitioner. I have been a nurse for over 20 years already. Um, I can't this, tell. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Just started. Um and so most of my background in nursing comes from emergency medicine. And so that's where we see people who are already having issues, heart attacks, strokes, injuries, things like that. Um, and there's just only so long you can do that before you start trying to think, how can I help people not get there? You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, so that's what I've been doing for that time. I finished my master's degree in uh, 2018 and started off in neurology. Yeah, very, very interesting. But thanks to COVID, I am no longer in neurology and took advantage of that opportunity and uh, started focusing on physical medicine and decided to start my own business. Was, oh, oh, was that the pivot? It was, yes. Because, you know, I thought, um, I knew that I was, you know, as a nurse practitioner, I started off in neurology. I re Just to be clear, neurology, not urology, some people, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, but I thought that, I mean, it was amazing. I was working with patients with mus uh, multiple sclerosis, um, Parkinson's, things like that. An amazing group of physicians. Um, but then we started working from home during COVID, and it's really hard to do a neurologic exam through a computer. Um, and most of your patients are like in their 80s. The technology is not their friend. But anyways, it just kind of really pivoted me. And then they did layoffs. And so that really was kind of the spur. And um, someone asked me if I was interested in working for a chiropractor and something I had never really considered, but it was definitely a change. And when I met him, he was the kind of holistic approach, fun functional medicine, things like that. And I just felt like that's where I was supposed to be. And so I started working there, learned a lot in that situation and decided I wanted to do it for myself. And so I started my business three years ago and it's slowly grown to what it is now. I feel like we have lots of questions to dive into. <laughs> First off, for those of us not with a medical background, tell us about the difference between physical medicine and traditional medicine. Great. Yeah, so great question. Physical medicine is actually a field um, where you can get, uh, where you work with people that have actual physical problems. So muscles, bones, things like that. Um, so like spasms, injuries, things like that. So it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's new, but it's not something that a lot of people focus on. Most of the time when you think physical medicine and what we do, you think orthopedic. Orthopedics focus on bones and joints and typically surgeries. That's their end game, right? A surgery. Um, but nobody really looks at 
I'm not going to say nobody. There's lots of practitioners, but it's not very common to really look at the structure. And so if you have a shoulder pain, is it really the shoulder? Is it coming from the neck or the elbow or something else? And nobody, it's really hard to get someone to look at the whole picture. So that's the difference between like physical medicine, really looking at that whole thing versus traditional medicine is more like the medical side, you know, looking at um, and usually treatment with medications or surgeries and things. Whereas physical medicine, we focus on finding the problem and how can we fix that problem and not just put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. yeah. Did that answer your question? Yes. <laughs> I got a question. Mine's more like kind of business related. Okay. Um, did you always know you wanted to open a business or did you just kind of like, hey, this is the opportunity. I'm going to go for it. And what was the most challenging part of opening your business? Yeah, I had no clue. Like this <laughs> is, uh, I really didn't even know what entrepreneurship was. Um, we, I trained in medicine. I've always worked for big hospital systems. Um, and I, I guess in hindsight, thinking of all the jobs that I've had in the medical world as a manager and stuff like that, I think maybe my soul knew that I was supposed to be doing something different, but I never really understood it until I started working with the chiropractor and really realizing what my capabilities were. And then that's when things just started flowing. And I was like, I need to do this for myself. And that kind of took off. But the biggest challenge for me is I have no business knowledge whatsoever. So, and I'm the kind of person you just jump in and figure out how to swim. That's like us, honestly. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to run a business because otherwise you spend all this time learning and thinking about it and planning and never actually implementing. Yes. And I, I've learned from Jose because I definitely am an overthinker. But um, the importance of just jumping in and doing it and then learning as you go. And you learn by maybe a misstep or a mistake or, hey, this is this turned out this way, but I really want it to turn out somewhere, you know, different. Yes. yes. So that's just a part of the process. And then it's a great way to learn. I've always done it. I think in emergency nursing, you have to because you have to be creative. You have to. And I think it prepared me for this because I can multitask like no other. Um, and then you have to be prepared for the unexpected. And when you don't understand how business works, there's always the unexpected. Unfortunately, sometimes that comes with a huge price tag. And so I've, I've lost a lot of money and I've learned a lot of valuable things that I'm still recovering from. But it, I think it's making me stronger. I kind of do wish I would have went back and did a little bit of business stuff, like maybe a certification or maybe read a book. I don't know. I don't know. So I went to school like Back after high school, I went for business administration. And what I learned going through that degree program doesn't fully apply to an entrepreneur, doesn't fully apply to what we do currently. I think the best thing you you said a minute ago is just doing and learning from your mistakes and kind of moving forward. But realizing the mistakes that you committed and not repeating those same mistakes. Yes. Uh, Follow-up question. Yeah. Do you work with insurance companies or, and if you don't, how do you acquire your clients? That's a great question. So I do not work with insurance companies because insurance companies, I'm trying not going to, I'm not going to go on a political rant, but um, (laughs) uh, they really dictate what we can and can't do in the medical world. And I think it's part of the failure of our medical system. I completely agree. Yeah. (laughs) So when, uh, when you want to prescribe a medication or a treatment for a patient, they tell you, no, you have to do this or you have to try this first, but I don't want to do that one. And I feel like it's driven by big pharma and other things like that. And so having my own business and not having to count on insurance payment allows me to be flexible in my treatment and do the things that I really want to do. 
Um, and that's kind of why I don't take insurance. Now, I do, I am considering it. I'm not saying I never will because some people really want to use their insurance. And I think using it for things like sick visits, um, just primary care, stuff like that, I'm okay with for a general purpose. Um, but just the traditional medicine route doesn't work for me. And that's what the insurance companies kind of push. So, um, but yeah, so my patients now, um, are all obviously self-pay, um, but and they're all all I would say ninety nine point nine percent of my patients are word of mouth. So I've never I've had one person say, "Hey, I saw on your window you do this." You know what I'm saying? Everybody else has come in and say, "Hey, my, my mom told me I need to come see you," or my friend, or you know that kind of stuff. Or I went to an event and you know talked to them, kind of like I'm talking to you guys. And then they tell me their problems kind of relate to them. And then I just like put my hands on them. I'm like, give me a second. Let me touch your, you know, the complaint of neck pain. Let me tell you, they're like, oh my God, how did you find that? I, I feel like, oh my God, yes, I'm going to come see you. And they come see me and then we do a treatment plan and we get them feeling better. So I think that's the biggest thing is, is really, you know, just getting out there and conversing with people is how I've done it. Well, we've talked about um, some of your goals and plans for this year, right? And I know that you want to grow and build your business and that might require something more than just word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing differently this year to grow your audience, to build, um, sort of build that community? Yeah. yeah. This is, let's have an honest conversation. You know what I'm saying? So feel free to ask those questions on the same follow for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my plan, I realized that we have the world kind of relies on social media right now. Um, I'm not a fan of constantly being on it and constantly talking and doing things, um, much less scrolling and looking at things myself. But I have learned a lot from it, and a lot of people feel like they learn from social media, and my kids are really pushing me. They're like, Mom, you need to be on TikTok. Mom, you need to do this and that kind of stuff. And so that's the goal for this year is really increase our social media presence, not just for me but for the other practitioners in the clinic and things like that. Um, and just really kind of just have a no bones approach, you know, like instead of just sitting here talking about what you should do for your pain and medicine, I want to be real. I want people to see as a nurse practitioner, um, I struggle as well, physically, mentally, you know, all the other things. And I really, that, I, that's what I think I want to do is be relatable and use social media to do that. And that's my goal. And marketing is the biggest, it's, it's hard and I can't get out and go touch the people like I want to because I'm seeing people people in clinic. And so I just don't have two of me. And I think that's where my biggest issue is. So that would be great to do with you guys. You know, I don't know how yeah. we could work on that relationship together. But I really do think that that is the missing link for me in, in getting to the next step is really reaching more people. Me and Emma, we just recently had a conversation about platforms. Have you identified which platform you kind of want to focus on and or what platform would benefit you the most? I think I've gone through the process. So I feel like the three main platforms, TikTok, um, Facebook, and social, I mean, and Instagram. TikTok, um, I'm afraid to get on TikTok because it will suck you down. You'll spend three or four hours just watching these great videos. <laughs> I'm a victim you know? to that. Yes, yes. And so I personally don't have time to do that. But if I just flip it over as content and not worry about like perusing, then I think that's going to be more of like educational, like let's talk about, you know, short little blurbs about things. Um, because everybody always says, I learned on TikTok, I learned on TikTok, and that's, I want to be able to contribute to that. So like a, like a mini series on your health or... Yeah, just anything. Or alleviating yeah. pain from this, or here's some stretches that you can do for that. Yeah. That's actually a yeah. great idea. Yeah. Like, Loki, I, I'll subscribe to that. Yeah, and so, <laughs> and the other thing too, what I have found, and why we're, you know, on the, the teaching topic is, 
So another thing that I do in my clinic um, that I'm passionate about as well as physical medicine is weight loss. Um, I was almost 220 pounds about five years ago, and that's when I was working in that wonderful medical system that was just burning me 90 hours a week, things like that. Decided to take control, change my life. I lost 65 pounds. I've been able to keep it off, but it's still a struggle. So people see on Instagram and TikTok and like people lose weight. This is how you lose weight. Eat this, do this. But nobody really shows the continual struggle. Like I am just now coming out of a three week binge. I'm a binge eater and I have a problem. You know, um, I have been, I've learned how to moderate it. Um, but it still happens. And I think people need to understand, I do help you lose weight. I know how to lose the weight. Um, but now I know how to sustain it and how to come through those binges, come through those emotional things. Um, but people need to know it's still going to happen. It doesn't just go away because you meet your goal weight. So we talk about the weight loss aspect. When I say real NP, that's what I'm thinking is really talking to people and let them know I can help you, but I still struggle too. We can do this together. I think for the weight loss, it's, um, it's a hard topic. I think there's a lot of uh, gurus out there that push misinformation. And for myself, like, I'm trying to lose, like, 15, 20 pounds this year. That's the goal, right? Um, and I was on TikTok recently, um, funny fact, looking how to do, like, a cleanse diet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, oh, eat all these green vegetables, take these pills. And then I found um, Dr. Mike and was like, the reality is it's just getting a, a proper eating cycle. And then getting yourself in a program to constantly work out and focus on that. Is that kind of more of like what you recommend to people to do as well? Yeah. So uh, gut health is probably the epitome of all of that. It is the important thing. And focusing on gut health means not going on a, on a specific diet, but really making sure what you're eating um, is absorbed by your gut. And doing cleanses, a lot of people, there's different types of cleanses. There's colon cleanses where you just poop for three days and you start all over again. Of course, you're going to lose weight. You just like pooped everything out. Um, but then there's cleanses that really get in and help kind of um, get the liver cleaned out, you know, things like that. Those are the ones I think are good to do once or twice a year and just kind of resetting yourself because nobody's perfect. You're still going to go out to eat with your friends. You're still mm-hmm. going to do stuff. Um, but really keeping that kind of routine, like you said. And I think the approach is more of a lifestyle approach. So I'm not going to recommend a particular diet. I'm not going to say you need to do a certain cleanse. But we need to look at your lifestyle what your goals are, and let's pick one or two things to start working towards because what's important is building those habits, and those habits are what's going to help you maintain your weight or your goals once you get there. And this, I think that's the biggest thing to push. This root play impact, and I ask that because uh, when I was living in Puerto Rico the, last year, oh, I can't believe it was a new year. I was living in Puerto Rico last year. I was eating a lot more fried food, right? Um but I was skinnier, was and I felt healthier. I never Probably felt had bloated. a lot fewer preservatives, yeah. you know, and chemicals. Uh, yeah, fried is not bad necessarily. It's what is it being fried in, you know, and what are you eating, that kind of stuff, you know. And so, I mean, obviously, fried mozzarella sticks from a like a fast food restaurant taste probably delicious. not the best. Yeah, they taste delicious. <laughs> they taste delicious, but they have almost <laughs> no nutritional value, right? But if you take a fresh mozzarella and then you cook it in olive oil with a nice panko breadcrumb or something and I mean that there's a difference so there's there's the problem is that kind of stuff takes time and you have to learn how to cook and our world is so stuck on convenience that is really slowly killing us and so that's what my goal is just try to help people and it's it falls true for weight loss and maintenance you know just health but also in physical medicine there's no fast answer people go and get steroid injections for their knees because they're told they have arthritis and this will help 
But that's a temporary fix. That's a Band-Aid is like taking ibuprofen. The process to fix your knee is going to be strengthening of the quads. It's going to be movement, full range of motion of that joint, weight loss to get off of the knee, the, the, the pressure off the knees. So it's not just a one thing fits all and it's going to take time. And that's kind of what I really that's what our focus is. So going back to social media, I think it's a really good idea that you not only um, share the ideas, the tips, the knowledge, but also the part of yourself, like what you were talking about, because trust is such a huge element to getting new people in the door, right? Yeah. And that's why word of mouth is king, because I trust my mom, I trust my friend, and if they say that you're amazing, you must be amazing, right? But with somebody else, how the only, the best way is to, to build trust, but you have to do it virtually, which yeah. is a lot harder. But being able to share your own personal journey, being able to share how you've helped other people, even anonymously, and just like that part of yourself. And when people see your passion and your drive, that is part of, wouldn't you say, Jose? Like that's part of what drives a community and 100%. trust. And on top of that, if you're focusing on TikTok, it's a platform that you don't have to be that polished. You can take an iPhone, put like a small little microphone on the iPhone, sit in your office and just have a conversation with the camera. And that conversation, you know what I'm saying, can lead to potential clients, people changing lives, testimonials. So I think you should 100% go for it. I think that's a phenomenal idea you have. and you I think I, I will tell you my, um, we talked about overanalyzing. Um, as a nurse practitioner, the medical world is not open and not everybody is as open and accepting of my practice, you know, not mine, but as nurse practitioners. Um, and I have fear, um, of critique, criticism, you know, things like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what are they going to say about me? What am I going to do? That kind of stuff. But now that I've been doing this for about three years on my own, you know, as far as like my actual practice, I feel comfortable in having conversations, even with physicians and other people who I used to be intimidated to talk about what I do. I feel pretty confident about what I'm doing. And that's probably what been the pushback all this time is like, no, what if I'm wrong? What if I say the wrong thing? They're just going to tear me up. And they may still do that, but I'm okay with that. I'm prepared for that. So right. I think that's why this year is the time. And Instagram, I think, is great too, but I think it's, I haven't really found what really works for that. Instagram is hard. Instagram is like, it's so saturated right now with so many great creators. It's going to be hard for you to stand out on that platform mm -hmm. unless you really focus on the content and the polishing of the content. TikTok, I think you hit it on the money. Um, organic presence on it with a great story or a great series like you're mm -hmm. thinking about, you're going to see success in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the key is just consistency. So, you know, it's it's that's the hardest thing to do. But just I think that's putting, the theme for all of yeah, our conversations. Right? Consistency. Putting it out there you know, and keeping, you know, keeping that up. Let's yeah. be real. Like, I'm a quote-unquote perfectionist. Like, I scrap so many projects before they see the light of day. And I think I'm with you. That I have that fear, too, that is this product the best that I can produce, how people are going to react to it. We're a marketing firm, so everything that we do in the media kind of reflects our talents and how we acquire clients. Um, so to me, I completely understand what the fear in that. And I, I really admire the fact that you're like, this year's the year that I'm going to push through that and actually accomplish this. Yeah, I don't have a choice, like, because we do well and we're treading water as far as a business goes right now. Everybody says, oh, you made three years, you're golden. And I'm like, I don't know, three years, it seems to be this is the hardest right now. There's There's got to be something to take us to the next level. And um, everything I've tried so far, nothing feels as organic or at, it doesn't feel right other than just like maybe TikTok or something and really just reaching the masses. Can I tell you an honest story? Like honest, 
Honest facts. I own a. Yes, uh, I prefer that. Thank you. <laughs> I own a. I own a barbershop in Valparaiso, Indiana, called Classica's Barbershop. Um, the first two years, hundred percent loss. Like I was losing money left and right. The third year, I met Emma. Sammy, this little, uh, let's say, uh, scammy email. I, I was not gonna say. I was not gonna say. It's okay. Scammy. The ones we delete and ignore. <laughs> Got Except it. Except for yeah. he likes to take crazy risks. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so <laughs> he's she's like, I don't know who this person is, but uh, sure, why not? She yeah. was like, Hey, I saw your business. I saw that you're a high end salon slash barbershop, and I want to start working with your type of business. I'm gonna give you free advertising for. I think it was like. 90 days or something. yeah i yeah i basically said let me run your ads for you you pay for ad spend let me show you what i can do because you know when you start a new service and you need to provide credibility and you like we had a couple of clients but it was like how do i get people to take that next step and i was so confident what i could do so i said okay you know what i'm gonna put it out there and he actually responded yeah that running those ads that first um the third year going to the fourth year we turned over 148 percent growth like that now, I'm not saying ads going to do the same for your business. For uh, for barbershop, it's a little bit different, you know, right. bigger, more exposure. Mm -hmm. But, but the thing is, it's not coming from scratch, right? He had already put in so much work to have community awareness, to have a solid client base where people, customers coming in already knew that the work was amazing. The haircuts were awesome. The service was great. But it was that little oomph of like, how do I reach beyond word of mouth to accelerate growth? Exactly. So TikTok this year might be that for you. I think... I think it was into like year four or five of the barbershop where I felt really confident. Okay, now we have a stable business. Mm -hmm. Whoever says three years is where you're actually stable. I yeah. Know. Well, I, so I think what I've heard is like you're going to make it if you can make it three years, maybe not actually like stable or whatever. But then it, somebody told me two years then somebody told me three. Now they're saying five. I think as you go along, you know, they're like, oh, no, more, more, more. You know, it's going to well, change as you go. It's, more, it's, it's how fast you can pivot with the changes. I was exactly about to say that with pivots, because I think it's so a lot of times we hear podcasts about business owners. They don't talk about the struggles. They talk about the successes or they or talk about how much the, money they dump. Yeah. Or they talk about the struggle in context of but it all worked itself out right mm -hmm. and i think the real business feels much more like one pivot to the next to the next if you're a business that's three years old five years old 50 years old no plan stays the same and continues yeah. to grow forever right it's definitely been a challenge and my husband is so super supportive um i yeah, I, I, if it wasn't for him, I don't know what I would do. You know, he's been the, the constant. I've quit my jobs. I mean, I'm still working. I have still have two other jobs that I'm working. So I'm still wow. trying. I have to keep the fine, you know, the house going too, right? We have to work together to get that while growing the business. And I can't really pay myself in the business. So I have to pay myself in other ways. That's the other goal for this year is to reduce that. Um, but being you, super supportive and being able to help with that has been huge. Have you built a nice, uh, have you built a relationship with an accounting firm yet that can no, really No, I don't have any relationships except for with you guys. So <laughs> what Jose taught me, probably the most important thing before we even ever started working together, before when he was just a client of mine, was, hey, Emma, because I was a young business owner. I took over, after my uh, dad passed away, I took over the idea farm at 22, and I had no idea, no idea what I was doing. I knew I had a good design eye. I, I knew what I thought, you know, could go well, but I didn't know anything about business, right? I knew about marketing. And Jose's number one advice was, you have to build your toolkit I was like, what's a toolkit? What do you mean? Yeah. He was like, every every little skill, the key is not to acquire um, an accounting degree and a business degree and this and that. You can't possibly do all the things. 
but you can have people in your back pocket who are there for that purpose. So he taught me about the importance of finding a great business lawyer, of finding an amazing accounting team, people who would be honest and transparent, who want to build a long-lasting relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And then you build out your team. And in this case, we're a marketing firm, but if we were any other business, he brought us along because he needed that in his toolkit, mm -hmm. right? So even if it's not consistent, if it's on an as-needed basis, you know this is my people for this. Yeah. And this is my people for that. The first couple of years for me, um, I pay a lot of money to my accounting firm, Neil. Like, I love Neil. Like, I, him and Gene, <laughs> they're going to be forever, like, in my heart. Because, honestly, they taught me cash flow management. They taught me how to actually read the P&Ls, how to actually do forecasting, how to properly determine the risk versus reward on certain uh, ventures that was going on. They also taught me how, like, how to actually figure out, is this business successful? When is to stop my losses? How to actually plan for taxes? How to do tax harvesting? Um, how to take a loss and make it into gain? I opened up a spa in COVID time. Bad idea. <laughs> um, and it was like a branch off of the barbershop called a classic spa. And after like six months, we had to shut it down. Like it was just bad. But I invested almost like 80, 90,000 into the business. And we took that loss and we turned it into a positive and we kind of got back some money from the government. Oh, wow. And then we get to apply that to some other uh, other ventures. Mm -hmm. I think having a finding an accountant that you, one, can trust, two, can learn from mm -hmm. at an affordable rate. Yeah. That's going to be key. That I will tell you that's probably the biggest stressor for me right now. Um, I am not going to get emotional right now. Um, but the hardest thing is like, like the business, you can figure it out as you go. You know, you're treading water. You might dunk underwater a little bit, you pull yourself back up, you just keep going. But um, the government is killing me right now. I had no idea what I was getting into. I have no, and I'm drowning in that right now. And so having an account, I've, I've paid and fired, I mean, I've hired and fired two different accounting people, you know, companies, because I was not getting what I needed from them and I was spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. Um, and still not learning. So the position that I'm in right now is, so we're a family-run business. My children all work for me, with me, sorry. Um, by the way, I love the dynamic you guys have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting if you ever come visit. You need to come see me just to meet my kids. But um, but the my middle son, um, he's, he's taken a liking to the bookkeeping and to the accounting and all that stuff. So he basically, once we realized and we saw that and started picking off the scratch, he just kind of dug into it. Um, and then now I think he downloaded in his brain, like the whole like tax code, like spits out numbers. Oh, we need to do this and that. I'm like, ah, handle it, you know? And so he starts talking money to me and I freeze up. My stomach starts hurting. Like it's the biggest stressor. You know, I would rather go through, um, an audit in a hospital than deal with the money part of it, you know? And so he is actually learning. We're actually going to send him to school and stuff like that and have him really kind of take off and do that. In the meantime, we got to find somebody to help teach him and grow him and, you know, the, for the business aspect part of it. And so far what we've done just hasn't really been working. So. Well, we'll talk a little bit more after this, but I know in most major cities and definitely in Houston, because we've looked at this, there are awesome resources available for businesses. Mm -hmm. And even if you are in a small town, your state will have resources mm -hmm. for business owners. And whether they're private or government funded, um, I did not know about the resources. I didn't even know where to look to find them. Mm -hmm. But they're actually, um, I was talking to another 
female founder of a medical-based business recently. And she actually had, um, she worked with the Houston organization. I need to get that information to you. And she actually had an accountant, someone who came from a big finance background. He is now in a mentoring role because he really likes to help businesses that are starting. And she said, she said point blank, I couldn't have my business now, which I think is like three locations, the Ivy Drip Spa. Mm-hmm. She couldn't, she's like, we, I couldn't have my business if it wasn't for his support and his help. So I just want you to know those resources are out there. It's just about finding them and connecting. That's the problem. In Houston, there are so many resources. I don't know which ones to use. I've worked with the Small Business Administration. That guy helped me a little, you know, helped me at the beginning, but then fell through. You know what I'm saying? Like everything starts off great and just falls through. So, so I haven't found any consistent gonna, assistance. Yeah. I, the one, so 2018, 2017, I was really into One Million Cups. Um they work with local colleges and um, the Chamber of Commerce in the area to put up like workshops and camps to teach you about QuickBooks, to teach you about events, and then how to create a business plan, how to effectively manage your business plan, how to do different pitch sales. Um, I know they're around the whole United States, and they have a lot of online resources. I think that's one you should really look into because especially for your son looking to like grow his education yeah. and yeah. finance without yeah. sending him to college, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I want him to yeah. College is like a let's just say I don't think anybody needs to go to fully college. I think you need to find great people. I think it team. depends what you yeah. want to do. If you want to be a lawyer, in. doctor, go to college. In position, <laughs> go to college. <laughs> Business, I think you should have somewhat of a, a mentor. I think a mentor can teach Absolutely. you a lot. Yeah. Versus spending hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to get a degree that probably absolutely and that's what his plan is to kind of find the resources to teach us what he needs in order to do the job that we need now and i need him to hurry up and do that so <laughs> that we can so i cannot have this feeling and the government can leave me alone <laughs> i want i'm excited to see what you accomplish this year with the tiktok i'm going to follow you for sure absolutely. now now that i've said it i have put it out in the universe i, I haven't said it out loud yet so that by the time now. this episode airs we'll drop it in the comments and let me tell you if you don't have it like oh my gosh <laughs> there's, so there's the pressure. pressure there's that sink or swim that we were talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah honestly it could just do it off your phone yeah I think I think the biggest thing is really using that, and but also I need to find a way to touch people. I need to get out just to understand that they, the pain that they're having, the problems that they're having, can be fixed. They don't and have to, to live with it. And when I say touch, I mean physically touch you. I need you to come and let me feel your neck, let me feel your back, let me show you that I can find that that pain that just won't go away and your x-rays are normal that kind of stuff so yeah you know and then also I don't think we talked about it you know how much I believe in the physical medicine aspect of it is we have a gym in our clinic you know we have physical therapy it was created originally for the physical therapist to use um, because who wants to go to physical therapy for a problem when you're deadlifting and they just have bands and that's all you do I'm not saying that doesn't work I love physical therapists but the physical therapy concept that we're using in traditional medicine just doesn't work Um, and so we actually put you through the workout. You have a full hour. We have a full functioning gym, but we also leave it open for our patients to use kind of as needed when they want to come in. We have the contrast therapy, the compression therapy, all the recovery things to and help you recover. contrast therapy, it's what? It's an infrared sauna with, uh, is it red light therapy? Yeah, infrared sauna with the red light therapy as well as uh, cold water immersion. A very, ice bath. very, very cold, cold plunge that I am <laughs> not ready for yet. I tried. I want to be one of those cold plunge yeah. Really cool people. I thought you did and try. 
I mean, I couldn't get, I could not submerge. Because I would say, I, had, I saw water outside the tub. You did get oh, in. Oh, I like three times, but I couldn't get farther than standing and then putting my wrist in the water. Yeah. Really? I, no, when oh, you do it, it so hard. you just What's have to commit and get it. So 35. Right, 30, yeah, 38. Oh, I think it's 38. Okay, 38. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm someone, I don't know, I have bad circulation anyway. I moved to the south so that it would be warm. Yes. And it's, I am not a fan of the cold either, warm. but, but the benefit. Yeah, it's not. Today was, today honestly wasn't warm. <laughs> yeah. But the cold water, um, the, the concept behind it and what it does, it's not just about um, recovering from an injury or from your workouts. There's so many mental health benefits. If somebody says to you, you need to do this and you'll feel better, you're like, ah, I'm not doing that. Or you're like, I really want to do it, but I can't. I'm scared. To actually do it, you release so many endorphins and you feel so good about yourself. And it's like a workout. When you get, you're mad when you go in, you don't want to be there, but you, nobody's ever mad after a workout. That's you so feel true. great, right? <laughs> it's the same thing with the ice water. So start with, you just really, honestly, my tip for you is, and sometimes with my patients first time, I go in there with them and just kind of breathe. We work on breathing. We work on things like that. You just have to commit and get in. Once your toe touches the water, you got to get all the oh way gosh, in. Have you guys ever that seen, was the hard part. Have you ever seen The Iceman? No. No. No, you guys got to go on YouTube. This guy named The Iceman, I think he's called The Iceman, uh, he literally just walks around with no shirt, very short shorts, goes around, around like Canada, Alaska, goes into the coldest part of the world, jumps in the water, does cold plunges, cold ice baths. And he just walks him. around like that too, mm-hmm. Cole? Yeah, that's crazy. That's a yeah. whole other level of He's like no, a super human being. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, and you know, I have no idea what it's like to be okay with being cold all the time, but that's why we do the contrast therapy. The heat helps uh, improve your circulation, open up your blood vessels so all the healthy nutrients from your blood and everything else just circulates through those muscles and things like that. So, improve circulation, people with decreased circulation, you want to do that. And then the cold plunge, you, you know, it, it constant, like uh, constricts the veins. So, you're thinking, well, I already have decreased circulation. Why do I want to do that? But when you do that, it shunts all the warm blood to your core. And then when you get out and your body temperature returns to normal, you can feel an immediate rush of all that warm blood shooting down to your extremities exactly and hitting all those muscles. Yes. Yeah. I, for me, I'm very pale. So when I do it, you can actually, I'm very white when I get out. And then you can just see the color return to my feet whenever I get out, the little bit of color that I have. But it actually turns kind of red. But you can just see that concept. And it is so refreshing it is so so refreshing so you know and like my mental for my patients with anxiety which I also struggle with even just doing face dunks you know just to kind of help you've seen people take the ice water bowl and just throw your head in it when you're in the middle of a of a of an issue about of anxiety How how does that work I heard like correct me if I'm wrong but like don't you lose like 70% of your heat from your head um, so yeah, so your feet and your head is the majority of the temperature controller. So you lose a lot in that. So what you want to do, I mean, I would, you could probably dunk your whole head, but most people don't. That's why we just do the bowl and most people don't have access to like a tub like we do. Um, but what it does is it sends you into fight or flight response. When you dunk your face or even just your hands or your feet, but mostly here, um, it just kind of shocks your body and it's like, oh, what do I do? And you go fight or flight. Well, it releases a lot of endorphins so that when you start to come back, like if you're in the middle of an anxiety attack and you freeze and then you, it almost lets you gain control as you come back around and kind of helps you with that anxiety. Now, as far as like a more uh, scientific explanation, <laughs> we can probably have that. But that's that's just the basically the, the, the general concept of it yeah. um, and just really getting that fight or flight and just, oh, okay, got it. 
Well, for anyone that's in the Houston area, we're going to drop information in the bio that's going to be about your website and you know where they can find you because if they want to do the contrast therapy if they want to actually come in and be seen so that they can make that happen but also leanne you are able to do your weight loss program all throughout texas right yes and if you're in the state of texas which is where i'm licensed i can see you um virtually we can do everything virtual 98 percent of my patients are virtual so um what that means is you know you just contact my office we set you up with a call we go through your past medical history kind of you know we can do it with or without medications you know some people believe that medications are cheating i say you know i'm I don't necessarily I, agree with I'll that. I'll take all the help I can get. Yeah, well, I'm saying if you if somebody goes to build a house, they use a nail and a hammer, mm-hmm. right? You have to use the nail. You have, I mean, that's that's what you do to build the house. But is using a nail gun cheating? Not at no, all. it's more efficient, right? It helps you get there. Um, and so that's kind of the analogy that I use for using medications. Is obesity is a disease? It's not just a. Di- it's just not. Oh, you need to eat less and move more. It, that just doesn't work for most people. It's more mental and everything else, and we just need help sometimes. So there, yes, you can do it naturally. You can do it without medications, but using medications is not cheating, and it's okay. And there's several that we can use, and so that's what the whole point of the visit is to go through that, identify which one I think would work best for you, and then come up with a plan. And we meet every single month. At least some of my patients I see every two weeks. They need the accountability. We have a nutritionist that works works with us, personal trainers. We have everything you need to help make sure you're successful. Like I have no excuse to lose weight this year. Then yeah, your yeah. solution yeah. is sitting right. <laughs> yeah, you go downstairs, work out. You know where our um, Juliet is helping us try to figure out how we can put a shower in the gym too. So there's right. really no excuses. You can mm. come down there, sweat, wash, and come back. That's funny. You know? I was just gonna say it. Like you should just go to the gym and feel better. I'm like, yeah. So I yeah. really have no excuse now. Yeah, and as a matter, I mean, it really is a it's it's a mindset, it's a lifestyle thing. My children all are coming around to this. Like as a matter of fact, um, so one of my sons who we're working with is a personal trainer. Um, he's an Olympic weightlifter um, and things like that. And he has been a huge motivation in me doing strength training and stuff like that. Um, but now my youngest is working out with him. We were all we come in the morning before we, he goes to school and before I start work, we come and we work out here at the gym. Um, so it's like a family affair. I'm trying to get my husband <laughs> to come with us. Um, but other than that, all of us together are doing it. And I think that's what's important, too, is if you are coming from a generation or just a family that doesn't really don't know what to eat, they don't know to exercise. Like, you don't know. Like, you know you need to, but what do I do? It can be overwhelming. Um, and that's what I'm here for is to help people kind of understand it's not a huge – I mean, it is a huge deal, but we can take little baby steps together. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for sitting with us and talking with us and sharing your story. Her journey, because her, her story's not That's finished That's true. Yeah. Oh, they, did you <laughs> have that prepared to say? That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thank you guys for having me, and I'm looking forward to working with you guys. So exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, if you like this kind of content, please like and subscribe. As always, follow along for more and share with any family or friends that you think this might be useful for. Yeah. Bye. See you soon. Mm-hmm.